At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Was you scared of that I wouldn't have wanted a child or something? I didn't think you want, didn't want a child. I, I was more so afraid of my body rejecting something. Because at this point, we're like, we're not trying, but we're, we're not not trying. Yeah, it's like we wasn't trying, but... We this didn't time do anything to prevent getting getting uh, pregnant. But we had been having sex unprotected with no birth control for two years. So now I'm more so getting concerned about like. So that that was my thing. I was gonna get to that because I was more so thinking like, is this is this the result of endometriosis? Can we have kids? What's going on, everybody? With your host Malcolm and Brittany Garrison, and you're listening to Let's Talk About It. Let's Talk About It is a space where we unpack life's transitions and their effects on millennials. As entrepreneurs and millennial parents, we've navigated a lot of life transitions. And we're here to share those experiences with you while challenging perspectives and engaging in open dialogue. Y'all ready? Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Are we Are we back? Or oh, did we ever leave? No. I mean, we just took a little... A little baby break. Man. We took a break. Um, it's felt like an eternity. So <laughs> we're not going to say we're back. We're saying welcome to season four. Yes. Welcome to season four. And there's so much to discuss. So much to talk about from the get-go. So we have news. I think we do most, have news. most people should know by now, right? I mean, you know, if you follow us personally on social media, you already know. Um, but if you follow follow us just on the pod page or you know us through the podcast, we, after all of season three's conversation about love banking and pleasing your partner <laughs> and a lot of sex conversations, here we go with a, 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 the remnants and the, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know. <laughs> the result of all our good yeah. loving and all all that stuff we were learning and implementing and all that we implemented a whole lot and, and got a whole person. Yeah, we got a baby boy on the way. We got another baby boy on the way. So, um I guess my question to you is how did you feel right now? Um slightly nauseous. How did well, I know you explained nausea to me, but it's like it's like after you've been drinking, right? And you know, if I throw up, I might feel better. But I'm not a, like, it's nausea for me. I don't really, I haven't never had, like, morning sickness. Unless I eat something that, like, the baby hates. Even with my first pregnancy, it was just like that. Um, when I would have elderberry, I would throw up every single time. But any normal eating and all that stuff like that, never had that. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not a vomiter when it comes to my pregnancy and stuff like that. So um, it's, it's just this constant feeling of yuck and I need to throw up. Like, mm-hmm. it's disgusting. It's like it's always a little lump in your throat. That's gross. Exactly. So imagine being me and what it feels like. So, yes, we are expecting our... Our second son. Also, <laughs> we're coming to you live from, yeah. our, from our living room. From the crib. Um, As we are now expecting. Yeah. It also means that we are moving. 
We are moving on up. Yes. Yeah, so we are. Season four is more than likely going to be from right here um, <laughs> in our living room and not from the So Let's Talk About It podcast studios that you all know yeah. and love because we are in the process of moving and we are also in the process of um, we're going to be building out a new studio in our house. Yeah. So it's going to be dope. I'm excited about it. Yeah. So um, a lot of changes that are going to be seen over the next uh, couple months and everything like that as we go ahead and get um prepared for another child and switching locations for the podcast and et cetera. But um, we were tired of waiting to produce content because obviously the holdup has been the first trimester for sure. I know. Where do, where do you want to start with this conversation? Because yes, this is our second child, but yeah. we've, I feel like we've, we've never tackled the beginning of our story when it comes to children. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I mean, let's just start from the beginning. What wanting to have children? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, so if we're we're starting from the from the genesis of um, us being married and wanting to start a family, I don't. What did we want to start a family, or did I want? To? <laughs> well, when 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 did you want to start having children? Like when when was that on your mind? I don't feel like it was really on my mind until. COVID because it's like well let's not say it never was on my mind it was always on my mind but it was also a suppressed you know desire that due to um and we talked about this in season one I'm sure we talked about it in season two and two and three but um due to us terminating our first pregnancy back when we were in college if we're going all the you way know, back to the, the beginning we of never the story, we never discussed this no we have never discussed this on the podcast yeah. um so um you know, after, um, just speaking for myself, I can't speak for um, all women, but when you make a decision to terminate a pregnancy, um, there's a lot of trauma and healing uh, mentally that goes into, you know, the decision and everything that you deal with afterward. And um, I think forever, well, one of the issues, one of the things I must say before I get to what I was about to say, but, um, you know, once we made a decision in college, we were, what, 21? I yeah. think we just turned 21. Yeah, we were 21. Yeah. Um, and I remember you saying, like, uh, probably about a year or so after that, while we were still in school, you know, I want to marry you, but I know that you want a baby because of the decision that we made. And I refuse to allow you to not accomplish the things that you have, you've told me that you wanted to do because you want a baby right now in, in, in like a replacement format. Mm. And, you know, so I feel like over the years prior to deciding to have a child, um, I had suppressed that feeling because I'm like, well, one, I want to marry this dude and I don't want him to not want to marry me because he thinks I want a child immediately. So let me go ahead and dead his thoughts of that by saying that's not something that I want. And I think for so long, because um, dealing with the the trauma of it, dealing with the the tra the emotions of it and well, really not dealing with them because I didn't deal with them. It was very difficult to have conversations around it. So when people start talking about, oh, yeah, y'all gonna have a baby, you know, once now you're married and they're like, everybody's talking about a baby, a baby, a baby, a baby. Mm -hmm. And I still had so much guilt behind that, that it was hard for me to grasp the concept of being able to be a mother. I felt like I didn't deserve that. What was your, what, what was your grieving process? Was it to our, I, I terminated this first baby and I need to immediately have another one. Was that for part a long of your time? It was that like, I need to make right, you know, for what I did, which you never can because it's like 
our son is not a replacement, you know? Yeah. So it's like, it's something that subconsciously you feel like I may be, I was feeling like maybe that's what I was trying to do is, is make up for, for so long. Yeah. And taking away that make up for is like, okay, well, you're not making up for it. And do you even deserve this after all that? But I mean, I don't think, I think a lot of women have conversations around, um, you know, termination, everything like that. But I don't think that men get their say in it. Or, or you know, nobody's asking, hey, bro, have you ever done that before? Hey, bro, what did that feel like? Hey, bro, how yeah. did you deal with that? You know what I'm saying? I don't feel like men get the opportunity to converse around it because, one, the topic the topic is taboo. Um, and, two, nobody cares about the man. Yeah, it, they, they don't really typically ask, like, how did you feel or, or did you go through anything? And for, you know, a bit of that, it was more so me trying to be strong for you. You know what I'm saying? Not trying to feel anything because you were feeling so much grief. You were, you know, when we went through that, I, you can feel a numbness. You can feel the emotion of your partner. You know what I'm saying? And you were grieving in such a way that I'm like, there's no really time for me to even think or process my own feelings about this this topic right now or, mm-hmm. or what we went through together. Because it's traumatic, too, for, for men um, to see that, especially if this is a woman you care about. Now we can get into all that stuff, you know. I've been through in my life, but <laughs> that's probably say, I mean, for that's, another. <laughs> yeah, that is probably for another pod. That's probably another pod, but then again, who knows? But going through that with a person I actually cared for and could see having children with, mm-hmm. um, it was it was hard in a sense. You know, when I look back on it, I'm like, man, I can't believe like if if I knew what I knew now, I would have I would have kept that baby. But mm-hmm. then again. Life would have been significantly different. Life would have been significantly different. And I don't, I personally always felt like I didn't know if we could withstand that version of our relationship. Like in hindsight, of course, you know, I always wonder like, what would life have been like, you know? Um, But in hindsight, it's like, would we be us today with that as our beginning you know what I mean yeah um you know because being 21 no jobs I know my life would have been different my parents my parents once I had that conversation with them when I opened up about it on the podcast um at the end of season one Mm -hmm. and when I shared that with them for the first time and I told my dad like I know that you guys wouldn't let me go back to school with some some wild dude that done got you knocked up in college like not wild Jesus um (laughs) I mean think about it you and my dad weren't even cool at that time like I think about about all of the things like what that time was for us and how much more difficult I think you know not only not being prepared or not having resources and stuff like that we didn't live on our like there were so many other things that I look at hindsight that's like what would like would we even be married today yeah you're right you know I think yeah you're right I, I don't I don't say I don't regret the decision I just think that man we never we never really did we even talk about it after that like did i don't we think really, we've we I, never really processed it we never we just went through life again. you know we were, we did go to therapy for that period of time because i was seeing the school counselor oh um, that's prior right. to that and i did bring you in on some of those sessions or whatever but um you think it, i would go huh did you think i would go to those sessions i mean no but knowing who you are today like like your character and who you are as a person like i'm not surprised that you said yes and you know didn't hesitate on a yes and like whatever you need um you know because you're always in pursuit of growth so if you're saying you really care for me 
like you do and like you did, then I'm not surprised that you were, you know, willing and not hesitant on going there. Right. And I never had a therapist. I'm like, shoot. (laughs) We need to run it back. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because 30 got a whole nother set of things that therapy (laughs) that need to be discussed in therapy separately. Back. coupled all of that all of it um but yeah so back to your thought process in that um yeah i i just think i didn't have time to think about how i felt in the situation and thinking like yeah it happened to her it's so physical for the woman that it's really no time to think about okay men are having the mental battle we're not having a physical battle we're having the mental battle of uh all right so let's think about this if, if i if i didn't want to be with you if i didn't love you and this was our situation. I'm now I'm thinking like, did she really go through with it? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Is, is this am I being played? It's so many I things. Mean, not, I definitely <laughs> know people that have done that. I know people that have done that too, and I've seen it. I've seen it in my own eyes. So, you know, not not in my <laughs> own situation, but yeah, I've seen it happen, especially no. in Baltimore. Yeah, facts. Um, but also like, okay, if I love her, what damage have I done to her emotionally? Mm-hmm. What damage have I done to her? Now, now, am I going to take the backlash of that? Is she going to lash out on me? Am I going to have the aftermath of or the raft of how she feels? Mm-hmm. Is she going to blame me for it? Is she going to blame me for getting the abortion? Is she going to blame me? You know what I'm saying? All these I think things. all of those things were valid and they were all things that did come up. But I feel like because nobody knew, you were the only person that I really was able to lean on in that sense. So I can't. I can't lose my strength. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. If nobody knows and I'm walking around with this uh, heaviness and you're the only person that knows about it, it's hard to say I can release that person or I can hate this person. No, I need I needed you more then, mm-hmm. you know, um, to be able to overcome the feelings of that. And like you said, it's kind of like I don't think we, I, this might really be the first time we've actually discussed it in detail mm-hmm. uh, well probably like once we um we're about to get married i think right because, before we was about to get married yes because remember during oh, premarital yeah, counseling, yeah it comes so up yeah it comes up in pre- this is why we are premarital counseling advocates is yeah. because there's so many things that come up in those conversations um the program that we did in particular was called saving your marriage before it starts yep. and there's this whole like ordeal <laughs> whole um, this quiz that you have to take you both take individually and in your sessions you go page by page by page by page by page subject by subject of some of it is finances some of it is um you know family history um your background stuff that you probably more than likely i wish we need to find that that would be a good episode yeah um but stuff that you normally would just not converse about and obviously of course sex was a thing in itself and I think at that time one of the things that you had put on your end was I feel like she doesn't want me because I'm always the initiator and then there's like you know sometimes there's hesitancy and blah 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 blah, mm-hmm. blah. and it was in that moment that I shared with you that like yo I'm afraid of putting myself in that position again to get pregnant before we're married so it was a psychological battle for you. It was you. psychological. So it's not, wow. not not that I don't want to be with you, not that I don't desire to be intimate with you. I mean, the sex is bomb. So I'm good with that. Mm-hmm. However, 
lingering on the back end, especially when you're not talking about it. Once therapy was over, like you're talking about, we're we're three, four, five years in away from that. Yeah, you know, from doing the therapy and and all the stuff that has happened, but it's lingering because nobody knows. Mm-hmm. I think that nobody knows peace. It, it hurts you more. Yeah, and not to say that I wish I would have told the world then and all that stuff like that. Like, no, I'm still to this day surprised that I'm talking about it now in public. <laughs> um, but I do understand that these conversations are healing because there's so many more people that uh, a thousand percent are me tours. Oh yes, for me sure. tours, men and for women, couples, and yeah. people don't know how to have those conversations, who they can talk to, who they can trust about it. And I promise you, every single time, um. I have shared it with somebody and it'd be like kind of out of the blue, like, why am I even telling you this? It's always a, oh, me too. Mm-hmm. Literally, oh, wow. every time. Me, oh, wow. I can't believe you dealt with that. Me too. Um, And so for me, the, it was lingering in my subconscious every time I laid down with you after that, that I could not do that to myself again. So if it happens again, it's a dub. And I need you to know that I'm never putting myself through that again. So we're going you through actually, with it. You actually didn't communicate that to me. So I didn't even know this. And this is, again, back so to the whole premarital counseling thing. Yeah. Where it's like, these are conversations. This is something I probably would still have never told you mm-hmm. if it didn't come up in that manner. Because I was still processing, like, why? Because I, I love this man. I want to be with this man. But there's something that does hold me back every time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's crazy. So all, all those times leading up to that i'm thinking like is it me and and we're not having a conversation i'm not asking i'm not telling you how i'm feeling like right why why do i feel like you're so hesitant or i'm always coming to you and then i'm not knowing that you having a own your own battle mentally like mental battle. i hope i don't get pregnant i hope i don't get pregnant i hope i don't get pregnant because if i do i'm not going through what i'm I went not doing the first again. time no and i don't know that you know we're just going through with this, you know what I'm saying? If anything happens, I don't know any of that. Mm-hmm. And it was a time where you were on birth control, right? I was on birth control after the termination. Yeah. Up until the December after we got married. But when when did you start getting off of birth control? What happened then? Oh, my insurance ran out. <laughs> I'm crying. <laughs> Nothing, nothing in particular. Like, I didn't plan on not Yo, being on birth control. I never planned on not being on the pill. Ever. No, but you told me you was like going crazy. This was after shit. I got off of it and got back on it. Does that make sense? And so, was it a different one? So, here's the thing. So, after, after that situation happened, I got on the pill, right? I got that Planned Parenthood in college. Nobody knows. Parents don't know, whatever, whatever. Um, in 2015, after I graduated, I ended up having, um, I ended up going to the doctor because I was telling him that I was having pain, having sex. So glad that I said this, although it was the wildest conversation. Why? Because my GYN at the time was literally um, the guy who birthed me, like, very okay (laughs) the guy who took me out of my mother yes okay so that was my gyn at the time and i was telling him this and he was like we're going to need to check you for endometriosis um because my mother dealt with fibroids my aunts my um cousins like um uterine health which is something that isn't really talked about in the black community at all which it really should be because um a lot of people don't know that a lot of situations that happen with um your uterus as a woman typically if you have stuff like fibroids endometriosis all the kind of stuff like that your mother or your sister has had it 
Mm, okay. Which is what I learned in the process. So I'm like, well, I know my mom had that back when I was in middle school, blah, blah, blah. She dealt with, you know, fibroids and stuff like that. And so this is where it's deriving from. So I tell the doctor that he's like, well, we need to do like this procedure to check on. Remember when I had that surgery? I didn't get to come to your Cabrini game because I was recovering for sur- from surgery. Uh, I remember now. Yeah. Um, And so this was the year. This was the semester after I graduated, but you were still in school. Mm-hmm. And so um, I have this procedure um, to check for endometriosis, which they did find. They also found some um, uterine fibroids. Can you explain what endometriosis is to I truly people that don't know? would have to Google it because I can't even. Or cut. what what does it cause then? Do you it, know that? For some people, it's different because I, I have some friends and um, that suffer with endometriosis as well, but theirs is significantly different from mine. Like you have excruciate, it's something with the lining. I can't remember in particular, um, but there's something with the lining when you have a cycle where it leaves scar tissue that creates the pain. Okay. So there's scar tissue. So, you know, like you having a cycle, that's what you're supposed to have. It's supposed to be like more of a cleansing thing. Um, but what's happening is they're leaving, it's leaving some sort of scar to, it's creating scar tissue on your uterus or whatever, mm-hmm. which causes for some people severe pain. And for me, it was pain during sex. For other people, it's pain during their period. Some other people, it's pain all the time. Um, it's a lot of stuff, but it can contribute to your fertility. So I always felt like that was also a, um, something that I would probably deal with was uh, fertility issues. Um, and then. So you're also, saying it, it, it can prevent it fertility? Can, it can have a an effect on your fertility or your ability to have children. To put, okay. okay. Um, and it's not, it's not a hundred percent. Like it's not, Oh, if you have this, you yeah, absolutely yeah. can't. And it's, it's not true, yeah. obviously. Um, but they also found some fibroids that has started to begin in my uterus and all the stuff like that. So because I had went to the doctor with that conversation of, listen, I really enjoy having sex with my dude <laughs> and it's not pleasurable right now. I need you to fix this. Hmm. <laughs> and because I had that conversation with him, a lot of other things that I'm sure now that I'm 30 would have probably been issues in my body. I didn't have to deal with because the fry boys were literally starting. So they were able to remove them before early gotcha. um, they had formed anything. Um, so, and they were able to, um, I guess, um, alter whatever was going on with the endometriosis. One of my fallopian tubes, it was a lot going on in here <laughs> okay. that you wouldn't know because yeah, they're not, they're not things that, you can't detect this stuff unless they go inside of you. Wow. You know what I mean? Like nobody would know that I had a block fallopian tube if they didn't go inside of my body. So definitely grateful for being open about that and not afraid to have those conversations. Ladies, if you feel something, say something, talk to your, uh, your doctors, your physicians and your GYMs. And to talk make to your sure. husband too. Cause I, and your I significant had no others. idea that you was feeling pain. Well, you know, you try to make it through. <laughs> I'm crying. <laughs> Sometimes you got to make it through. My baby no. was in college without me. You know, I'm trying to make sure I keep my man. Um, yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> this is just real thoughts no, that real. were going it's on real. at the time. I mean, I'm, you got to think about it. I'm only 22. You know, I'm not old. Yeah, we were like, really young. We were really crazy. young. And so this is all the stuff that's like just going on. So after a long story short, I said that to get back to birth control. Okay. After I had the surgery, they put me on a birth control that would only allow me to have a cycle every 90 days because I told you the issue with endometriosis is like every time you have a period, it's contributing to it. Mm. So this is really where I got not hooked to birth control, but I'm really on it because I want to maintain my health in that sense. I got you. So I'm now on birth control for five years. Yeah, that's right. I'm on birth control up until my insurance ran out with my mom after we got married. 
So, um, yeah, that's pretty much what happened, how I got off of it. What happens is because I was on a specific type for years, when I got on something different, the effects on my psychological, my body, I was having headaches, I was having weird thoughts, depressive thoughts, suicidal thoughts, and all that kind of stuff like that. And the only thing that was different about my lifestyle, my regimen, was the pills that I was on. And you were honest with me when you told me that. You was like, man, like, I am i don't know what's going on, but I'm having thoughts, I'm having suicidal thoughts, I'm having all these thoughts. And the only thing that's different is me taking these pills, uh, these birth control pills. And I was like, immediately, like, well, scratch them pills drop them you know what I'm and saying? you know the other thing and, and I, don't, I, 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 don't, I can't say i have to harp on the fact that <laughs> there's so many hacks that we try to find now as women and I, I appreciate that the medical system has evolved where you don't have to go to doctors and do this and all this stuff like that so because i wasn't prescribed and i couldn't go to a doctor that i've been going to and get them prescribed anymore because i didn't have insurance there were websites at the time that were developing um and they've come a long way since 2018 but mm-hmm. there were websites that were developing one of my homegirls was like yo i ain't got insurance ain't had insurance for years this how you will get you a pill and um she put me onto this website and um they will prescribe you the birth control you just don't know what you're getting you know what i'm saying oh you oh okay like, i don't yeah I mean, I didn't know what I was getting when I got on it the first time at Planned Parenthood. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I only knew when I went to my doctor, my physician, and you prescribed me something based off of my body and the things that it would need at the time. And um, so long story short, moving into that, I think the other issue was like I didn't know what I was getting because I wasn't prescribed by a doctor. I was prescribed mm-hmm. by the Internet that's going to give you free birth control without having a prescription or having to go to a doctor free you get a free result okay it was very free very depressive and very suicidal wow no and i think that's important to highlight because you were open enough to tell me that and then i immediately said well forget the pills then we don't got don't take them you know what i'm saying and there could be women out there right now that could be experiencing that yeah and they don't know why or they do know why but they're not sharing it with their partner you know just to see like what his reaction is going to be and it's hard to communicate with men you know what i'm saying because you don't if if you're in a place where you're not trying to have a baby um and you don't want to use protection you know that was our downfall (laughs) (laughs) why would you say downfall (laughs) is that protection just was never for some strange reason because i had never been like that you know what i'm saying like that wasn't my feel um but for some strange reason like we just never did oh lord you know what i'm saying and until it was too late and so for people who you know you loathe oh god the you loathe the the latex for if i want if i know that you don't want to use condoms and i no longer want to be on the pill but we know we're not ready to have children is it really an easy conversation to come to your man and say i mean i don't think it's easy i just think it's necessary what how he responds is none of my business correct i do need to be honest though didn't yeah you do need to be honest and let them know what you're experiencing and stuff like that. Yeah. Do you think when we first had Caden, though, you know, we Th- love him so much. That's where we were getting at. Yeah, this is exactly where we get. So how did that happen again? The, so this was the thing. So now, I guess going through, I'm not on the pill. We're humping like rabbits. We're newlyweds. Okay. We're doing all this stuff. There's there's no restrictions at this point. You know what I'm saying? Like I did the married thing. You don't feel I bad. Can, no. I don't have to feel bad. I don't have to be <laughs> concerned. I don't have to be worried. Um, except for like the whole are we ready for kids thing. You know, that's the only thing now. But at this point, I guess from 2018 going into COVID was now where I still had never told anybody about that. And I was still living with the, oh, no, I'm cool. 
people used to always be like, oh, you're about to have a baby or my friends that had kids. Like, you next. And I used to be like, nah, I'm cool. I'm cool. I'm good. And they're like, what do you mean? Like, what does that mean? And so I think because of how COVID was so isolated and you really had a lot of time to yourself, a lot of time with your own thoughts, it was in that period that those walls started to break down and I started to identify, like, I have always longed for a child. But I have suppressed it for so long that it feels awkward to even want that. But what made you suppress it, though? You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, the I told you the guilt, the shame, the, oh, okay. um, you know, the regret, all that kind of stuff like that. It's like I have to suppress this feeling for that desire because if it's if the timing's not right, it's just a whole bunch of stuff. Like I said, it was all self-inflicted, all subconscious. Um, and so now that I'm uncovering that and, you know, I feel like 2020, everybody became so introspective. And <laughs> this is why there's so many podcasts out right now that are going to help you with your mental health and your thoughts and in your and, and there's some really, really great ones out there. It's podcasts out there about how to have an orgasm. Really? Yes. And I learned a lot on that job. I mean, it's a niche. It's a niche. It's a niche I, I think, for that. Like, you know, there's some stuff it like makes sense. I'm like, yo, she got some gems on here that really have increased. <laughs> I all right, ma'am. <laughs> I, I need to find that Jones. So I can plug it in here, but you know, ones about mental health, spirituality, um, sermons, whatever it is that you're looking for, there's podcasts for that because I feel like a lot of people became very introspective in that time to now be able to share their thoughts. So I'm in the place where I'm breaking down these walls. I'm dealing with, um, you know, past childhood trauma, all that kind of stuff like that. And mm-hmm. I'm just that's just coming up because you have so much time with yourself. And when I started to say, "Oh, it's okay for me to want a baby," yeah, that's I had right. to get to that point. Like it's okay for you to want a child. And at this point, now I'm like, "All right, let's do it." Was you scared of that I wouldn't have wanted a child or something? I didn't think you want, didn't want a child. I I was more so afraid of my body rejecting something at that point. Mm. Because at this point, we're like, we're not trying, but we're we're not not trying. Yeah, That's we, always been our thing. Yeah, it's like we wasn't trying, but we this didn't do anything either. to prevent. Ever. Getting, getting uh, pregnant. But we had been having sex unprotected with no birth control for two years so now i'm more so getting concerned about like so that that was my thing i was gonna get to that because i was more so thinking like is this is this the result of endometriosis you know what i'm saying like mm-hmm. is can we have kids or you know you questioned me at, at one point yeah both and of i us. got tested you got tested too for mm, you what, never what, got tested you know yeah i ain't i was like my swimmers swim they do they okay. swim and they they fast. Yeah, <laughs> like, they, no. they get they get there. But I try to tell you, I'm like I'm I'm fine. But I think I think I'm good. But I don't know I don't know why we're not getting pregnant. I'm thinking like you know maybe just God saying it's not y'all time yet. And I think one that was true, but also um, I think my body. Just thinking about how fast I got pregnant this time, um, without the same level of I guess difficulty that we talked about before. Um, because it was difficult at the beginning when we actually were trying once I was, you know, comfortable and wanting to have a child and all that stuff like that. And now we're actively trying every single month. Like I'm on the, like, you know, when you try, 
Because yeah. you get to tracking your ovulation, you're tracking your side, you're tracking the whole thing. Like, all right, now is the time. If I blah, if I boom, boom, I got the ovulation test kit in mm-hmm. the back. I'm, I'm going full throttle. And so now when it's not happening, I'm really like, yo, what's wrong with my body? I'm, I was telling you, like, this is too much pressure. Like, we're not going to do it this way. Yeah, I, <laughs> I can understand why you would think it was a lot of pressure. Um, but at that point, I was like physically concerned um, because you have the thoughts of like, is this a punishment? Mm. I did okay. You know I what see, I'm saying? Like, yeah. is this what I get? Is this what we? Is this our karma? Right. Is this the consequence of, you know, being careless at 20 years old? Those are all the thoughts that's now going on, and like, this is what I get. Yeah. And then there was jealousy. There was envy. There was moments of rage. Like I would legit, legit get sad every month when my cycle would come. I see this. First of all, this is news to me. I didn't know this. I thought I told you that. No, I don't. Th- every like you getting sad when you had your period. No, I didn't know this. Because what the hell is it doing here? I'm thinking because because <laughs> you would you would be like that me up like all right we made it through another month but I didn't know you was gonna go cry in the corner after that. I don't think no not at that period of time like when not when we were actually trying I was not no longer on the safely okay. through another week. <laughs> okay, for that period of time though, I I definitely thought will we be able to have children and it was hard to tell if we were um but you know i I think it just came in the right timing when yeah. we when we stopped trying to trying when we stopped trying we got pregnant with Kaden, and i can't imagine life without Kaden now no oh my gosh um <laughs> mexico mexico Mal took me to mexico for my birthday and that is where Caden was conceived. So be careful if you guys are traveling in this summer season with your significant other because those Mexican waters yeah, will bless you. Yeah, something in it. They fertile out there anyway. They fertile myrtles out there. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, but the thing was, because I was still back in my tracking day, I knew I was ovulating when I went to Mex- we went to Mexico. But you knew that? Yes, absolutely. She set me up. I didn't set, how could I see? But she this knew, is the I didn't notice. Think about it though. I've been doing this at the same time every month during the ovulation season, mm-hmm. um, season, the ovulation period of my cycle every month and nothing was changing. So why would I think this was going to be different? Yeah, but I still didn't know. Yeah, so. It wouldn't have mattered either but way. at the end of the day, like, again, my thought process is like, we've been doing this. Yeah, that's true. So what's different with this? I'm not, what is the, why? And you said stop pressuring you. <laughs> yeah. So why am I going to tell you? Ooh, I'm ovulating while we in Mexico. Guess what? Meet <laughs> no. me by the water. We're gonna be in the water. <laughs> no. <laughs> so we go to Mexico, and y'all. So this what this what happened when Malcolm uh, be lit. What you mean? <laughs> That's how Caden got here. Okay. He was lit that whole trip, and my husband doesn't drink. Uh, I know. That was probably the last time I had. I had been drunk, right? Probably, I don't know. Yeah, I think so. I since then. Obviously. Were you, were you ready? Um, I don't think you're ever ready. You just get ready. Yeah. I, it's not like it's going away. I don't think you're ever ready to have children. Just like, I don't think somebody's ready for marriage. I think you just, you make the decision and then you. you I th- everything is learning. Because everything is learning through it. You don't know what it's like to be a parent. You don't know what this person's going to be like. Um, you don't know how your body or you, I think the biggest lesson, we just talked about this the other day, like 
we didn't know the toll it would take on our marriage. Yeah. Becoming parents, because you're excited about that part. And I don't think people talk about that, Joan, enough of like, what is the, like, what is the repercussions of parenthood for your marriage? And what are the things that you need to do to make sure you're one prepared for it? You're in the know of it. And how can you combat it to make sure that it doesn't defeat your marriage? Hmm. You know, sleeplessness causes you to just act a damn fool. On both sides, right? You know, um, trying to navigate new normals. It was like I, I was telling you know one of my friends this. I'm like, having a child brings out the child in you, so to speak. It brings out all your childhood trauma, and you start learning so much more about yourself around that time because now you have this human that you're responsible for. But you ain't fixed all of you yet. Man. You still got issues. You know what I'm to saying? To this day. That you haven't sifted through. And they typically come out in the parent, either in your parenting style or just decisions that you make for your child or or, or decisions that you uh, start making amongst your spouse, you know, because mm-hmm. of your, because of the child. Mm-hmm. And for me, what I learned when we first had Caden I learned that I was extremely, extremely impatient. Oh, my gosh. Michael's patience level. Oh, my God. I was so impatient. I'm like, you know, and that's still a work in progress. But I was like, why am I getting upset for getting my son something to eat? He He's hungry. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I know I'm sleep deprived. You know, I'm no, yeah. I know I'm tired. But this is this is to keep him alive. You know what I'm saying? Right. So just just calm down. Take a chill pill. Don't jump right up you know allow yourself to get up and even in that like i think there are ways to um navigate like i think what we've done is navigate that version of our lives because it's like why am i having my husband get up to make a box this was my thought and i don't think this works for this does not work for all people and just a disclaimer everything we talk about we are not (laughs) trying to be experts at anything like we're just sharing with you guys what we've done what's worked for us and what we're working through um but for me it was like after a while i'm like why am i waking this man up discombobulating him frustrating him when i literally breastfeed Mm. you know what i'm saying like i do and i feel like for me um because i was able to breastfeed and stuff like that it's kind of like i don't have to wake him up in the middle of the night it's like sometimes as when you're new one of the things that i realized that i was doing is like i'm tired so i want you to be tired Mm. so get up to or you go get the box it's like but i've now made us both extra tired and if i want to sleep in who who's going to take the baby yeah and you know when you have family that is able to help like luckily for us my parents they came to stay with us for three weeks my mom stayed for six um so we always did have an additional hand but it's like that's not real life and we were very adamant about making sure that we were living what our real life was going to be and not just letting him be with my parents all the time or like hey can you take us out and get some rest (laughs) like nah i'm definitely over that and i'm gonna definitely have this new baby hey have him and that little the other one too take them all <laughs> i'm going to bed um but you know it's kind of like if if when when our parents aren't here and we don't have any help what does that look like if i want rest in the morning because i've been up at night how do i get that if i wake you up too yeah and i think it is that it is that struggle of i don't even know i don't want to call it a power struggle but it's more so like that envy that you may have for your spouse in that time that's 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 something that is immediate 
that happens inside your relationship. Because the mother comes. feels like the dad just gets to still do life. Correct. And I'm having to use my body. I'm contracting. Um, my uterus is getting back to normal size. I got to wake up. I got to breastfeed. I got to pump. I got to, um, I think one of the things that did help us was you changing diapers. Mm-hmm. Like I stopped having to change them. Yeah. I do. But I stopped having to. Yeah, that wasn't, that wasn't something that, you know, you had to do. Anymore. Because I'm doing everything else. It was like, he was like, well, the least I can do is that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that definitely changed the dynamic, but also giving you the opportunity to sleep. Because if I did, if I take him at night, well, then you're like, I'll have him in the morning. I'm, I'm not, you're naturally a morning person. I'm naturally not. Correct. I'm naturally correct. a night owl. Like <laughs> last night we put Kate in the bed at what, like 830? Yeah. Put him in bed at like 830. And literally I'm like, Malcolm's going to watch the, the Lakers are playing. He's going to watch the game. He's going to be up to about 11 o'clock. I should be asleep by then in my full good rest by the time he even gets in the bed. <laughs> you get in the bed and we up for an extra hour and a half watching TV. You watch Facts. TV with me now. And I'm like, why am I not asleep? I literally have to be up at 645 to get ready for church. And so um, even to this day, like I think that's now, um, I don't think we've talked about it, but I'm I'm conscious of the fact that something that you enjoy is watching your team in the playoffs, mm-hmm. watching your favorite player in the playoffs. And so it's like when I know that you're up watching Western Conference finals or semifinals, um, you know, till 1 a.m., I'm not going to ask you to get our son when he wakes up at 645, 7 o'clock. When I know you didn't mm-hmm. get in the bed till 1, 1 30, like I usually take those mornings. But I don't feel like now I have to say it. Yeah. Hello. I think you develop a rhythm like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I know he's and- up watching the game. I'm going to get him in the morning. And it's just being, it's, you just learn the consideration of and each other's tendencies and what each other is best at. Like when you were trying to wean him off of breast milk. Oh my God. We finally, Man, we got free of that. Y'all. We we have gotten free of gotten him free. being of breast milk. Yes, yes. I breastfed until he was, what is he about to be? 23 months, mm-hmm. 20, so. 21 months. I think I stopped right before or right when he turned 22 months correct i don't know about you buddy um and it took some it took it felt like forever it took a long time but the way we had to do it is disrupt his pattern at night so i would have to get up at night if he woke up in the middle of night like 2 3 a.m in the morning he'll wake up you know for like five minutes ten minutes and we had to put him back to sleep and i started waking up early to do that you know waking up and and putting him back to sleep at 3 a.m in the morning so he didn't have to feed on the breast to go back to sleep. Right. And, you know, however long that lasted, it didn't matter. I really think it was only like 10 days before he was like, oh, you really, you really did ass. What? <laughs> That's what I feel like. After like 10 days, he was really like, okay. Right. She's not bringing it back. Because he started eventually like, okay. Like every time you saw me, he would really scream and cry. He was pissed. Like, why did you send him? Yeah, but I mean, but we went through that for at least over two months. I feel like, you know, what I'm saying it was at least a month or something. He's been sleep. He's been sleeping he's better been since sleeping. he's been off. Yeah, he's been sleeping better since he's been off. But before then, I think in the beginning of the year, to about February. Yeah, yeah I stopped right after. March, I, you know I stopped. Saying? I stopped shortly after I found out I was pregnant. Like I can't. I. I one. I need a break. Two. I need a break. Like I'm about to have to do this again. Yeah. And I cannot have you, first of all, it ain't nothing even in here. When I went to L.A. for the Grammys, I was gone for seven days, and I just knew the milk was going to be dried up, and he brought it back. It was like, 
I thought he was going to forget about it. You know, you've lived for right. seven whole days. And it's the thing, like when he's with me and she's gone, like out of town, he don't, he, he either won't wake up in the middle of the night or if he does, he ain't looking for milk. You know what I'm saying? He just, okay, somebody there. All right, I'm going back to sleep. But she, he be playing her. You know what I'm saying? For to the most day, part. He does. So I had to be the one to kind of disrupt that, that pattern. Um, but you learn to do that. You just learn to be considerate of what's what's needed in the moment. And in the beginning, when that disruption happens, you don't know that. All you know is like this mofo get to sleep and I don't. And you got this power struggle, whatever it is. And it's not the resentment is going. It's, it's one. The energy is going in the wrong direction. Mm. And I was telling my friend, I'm like, look, once y'all are, you know, have to do this as a team. Y'all are going to one love each other more and and find peace within y'all relationship because y'all not gonna be at odds anymore. Y'all gonna need each other. You know what I'm saying? So it's gonna be a rhythm that you develop because y'all have only each other to to start raising this child. You ain't gonna have the help of your parents. I promise you, like I love family. the help of parents. Um, if you have the option to have it, take it. I tell everybody that because somebody told me that, and. Um, how do you how do how do you feel about like having the help? I always wonder like how do men feel, especially efficient in laws. Um, I also realize I'm, that's gonna be me one day. Like I'm gonna. Be, I didn't. I don't know because he was like, I don't know if I'm, babe. That might be a long time. They're gonna have to go. They're gonna have to. No, definitely. I definitely. You know, there's sometimes people overstate their welcome. I'm not saying your parents did, but I'm saying families out there can overstate their welcome. And eventually it gets annoying. <laughs> but for us, I think we had, it was so many adults in the house though. Because of COVID. Came too, you know, it was, it was one, no, it was COVID. So everyone was yes. home, you know what I'm saying? So it wasn't like, you know, I had to go somewhere every day. I would work from home, you know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. all these different things that it's completely different than when we probably grew up. Right whole different circumstances but then your parents end up coming the next week after he was born yeah but you know they stay in a hotel not, yeah it was already there in the daytime so you're talking right. about it's six people six adults it's six so, adults six adults and one baby to one job <laughs> we must have been really thinking it was gonna be a struggle but, right and you don't know but i i don't think the the help was very necessary uh but i also thought you know if we didn't have it we'd be fine too so I wasn't. I didn't. Think I wasn't entitled to the help. I will say that I'm. I was. I'm never entitled to any help. I know what I can handle. I know what I can do. You know what I'm saying? I am. But I don't already. We listen. got meals cooked and everything for. Us. So Man, I think that, that was the part. That, so that like, was the unsung hero right there. I think it's like what they contribute to the household. You know what I'm saying? My dad, he was still working uh, while he was in town. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's at my dad on a normal day on tomorrow morning. He's going to be at work at six o'clock in the morning. My dad has always been like that. Um, He always going to be the one at six uh, at work at six. So he can be home by three. Mm-hmm. Um, And so because of that, like because he would know we've been up all night, he would come get Kanan in the morning. Kanan sitting on the meetings with him and all yep. like that. So that helped us be able to get our rest. We get up, you know, instead of we've been up all night we're probably sleeping from like seven to ten or whatever just getting some time to rest my mom breakfast at least breakfast and dinner or brunch and dinner we as lunch was kind of a figured out kind of thing but yeah. for the most part we didn't have to think about eating 
which when you're breastfeeding, you're a new mom, you're trying to regain gain strength and all that stuff like that. You have to eat, but it's hard to think about eating or cooking or all that stuff like that. So having that, my dad would make like they cleaned the house like there was like there was the stuff that we we would normally be doing. We didn't have to do. Yeah. So which was, allowed us to kind of adjust um, in that sense. But trust and believe when I found out I was pregnant, I told my parents as soon as I found out this due date, I need everybody all hands on deck. Because what I don't know mm-hmm. is what is that transition like when you have a toddler? Like even if you're talking pregnancy with a toddler, this has been the most trying time of my life. Why? Well, one, I can barely breathe at this second. Hold on. <laughs> Literally, I'm like, I feel like I sound like I'm 170,000 pounds <laughs> as I'm trying to talk because I'm like, I can barely catch my this breath. This is why. This is why we're doing it for the comfort of our own home. We have to. Um, and this is what's taking us so long to come back. If you look at those last like three episodes, <laughs> those last three episodes of season three, like literally I look so high. So, so <laughs> Britt was like, yo, I don't want to put out these videos because I look like I'm gaining weight. <laughs> I look like I'm gaining weight. We had no we, idea she was pregnant though. Let's talk about how we, we found didn't know this. Out. So first of all, I mean, shout out to our first son. He is absolutely incredible. I love him. And I think he is the reason why I wanted another child. Eventually. Okay. Mm-hmm. He was also getting to the age where we were about to be like, okay. about to be full, you know what I'm saying? He's about to be in that stage where he going to school. All right, bro. I don't know. If we might can be start on your own now. <laughs> we might not be able to start this from the get-go. Um, but he, I, I think just being intrigued with um, the development of a person and seeing them grow every day. Like tonight. <laughs> tonight, he does this little thing where he spins around in circles, right? Like mm-hmm. just the joy, he just loves it, and so I'm mocking, not mocking him. I'm doing it with him. I am duplicating him. I am doing what he's doing, and he is cracking up, man. And it is the cutest thing it because is. I'm like, did you not know that I could do this? <laughs> did you not know? <laughs> did you think you were the only one that could spin around in circles with your arms up in the air? Right. You know what I'm saying? And so it's like I'm literally about to cry. This is how pregnant I am. Um, you know. The other day, I started bursting into tears because in, in joy because he just gave me the cutest smile ever. Um, when he was in his little fort, uh, that he and I did like so. Now we started this little fort thing. He loves now being in the fort. He had this little p- period where he was walking around with a blanket over his head around the house, can't see, running walls, busting his lips. This is boys. Yeah. Um, but it's like stuff like that and watching just the development and the growth and who you're becoming, whose personality you take off after, like just the everything is like, I, I could do this again. Like I want to see what another combination of us looks like. I ain't having no more kids after this though. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, we um, chilling on it after this, but yeah. So Malcolm Garrison, I come back for, I am convinced that I came back from the Grammys and I was gone too long. And, um, yeah, that blue light, that blue lights, uh, special, right? Type blue joke. light special. Um, also, I have no longer like been on my ovulation tracking like I was the first time. I had way too many apps on my phone. They all said different stuff. Bro, it was all wrong. <laughs> I was talking to my best friend, and I was telling her like all these, <laughs> all these apps say a different day, but I'm late on all of them. And right, she was like, "Well, my journey ain't never been wrong, so download this one." So I download her app. And it said that I wasn't late, but it did say that my peak ovulation day was the day I came home from the Grammys. And I know it went down that night. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I know. Yeah. 
I know that was a night, you know what I'm saying? And so I tracked it all the way back to there and it makes complete sense. (sighs) Well, now we have now now we're pregnant again. Our second time. Yes. Um, We are almost at the midway. It's kind of like crazy because we we spoke this, though. We said we wanted to be done by 31. Yeah. Of having all all the kids we want to have. College. We've been saying that. And it's kind of worked out, you know, we said we wanted to be married, 26, 25, whatever. Have our first child by by 28, which we did. I don't think we spoke the first child, but. No, we said we, said we wanted to start having children around 28. And I then have, you said you wanted to be done by 31. I, I don't remember us talking about starting, but I know I always want to be done by 32. Yeah, so it, it, it kind of works out in that in that aspect. We still haven't picked a a name we haven't picked a name but we do know that it is a boy i am officially 100 percent a boy mom so excited about that um i've always wanted to be a boy mom yeah because people ask like did y'all want a girl we didn't you know we would have loved it yeah either way we We had a great name for a girl we had we had a great name we came you know her name (sighs) was fire (laughs) um but it was was gonna be crazy yeah but we never we preferred um to be a, a two-boy household. That was just always the dream. Um, and so we got that, you know, speak things that you like and <laughs> he'll give you the desires of your heart. <laughs> um, but I'm excited. Um, it's been, oh, I, that's what I was saying, is like this pregnancy has been very difficult. Um, not in the sense of the pregnancy itself, you know, the baby's healthy, um, I'm healthy. But being a mom still and being pregnant is why I'm good after this. <laughs> I promise it should it should be illegal to have to still be a mom, and so I couldn't imagine like having another toddler and an older child and doing it. I couldn't imagine like this is crazy. It's madness because your child is used to you being a certain way. Mm-hmm. They don't know what's going on. They don't understand fatigue. They don't understand nausea, sickness. They don't understand any of that. They're like, mom, it's time to play. Like we be we've been playing let's play what are you doing mm-hmm. like you know what i'm saying and that has been probably like the hardest is trying to maintain um you know the relationship that we have i think that's where another layer being pregnant the second time has created another layer of trauma childhood trauma um or things that i'm having to deal with because i'm pregnant again that's not like another pod we're about to get into it is um firstborn child syndrome Oh yeah, I remember you telling me that. It is. I mean, I've talked about it on many episodes of like, and so it's like wondering, like, how is he going to feel? How do you incorporate? Um, and I would love to hear from my moms that have two, um, two that are close. Um, it won't be two under two. Caden will be like not two and a half, but he would. He turns two in June, so it won't be two under two. But for my moms that are parents of two, you know, how do you and dads too? Like, how do you not feel like? the oldest misses out or like they're losing their parents. Like how do you maintain the lifestyle that they've been given while adding in a you new know, baby? Yeah. A stranger to your family, essentially. <laughs> to to him it's to going him, to be like it's gonna a, be a stranger, yeah. who is this? <laughs> and why is he taking up all the space in my parents' bed? Why is he getting so much time, so much attention, so much affection? You know, it's like how do you maintain that balance so that there's no compromise in, you know, the relationship that they, and I, like I said, I also understand that that is my own self-inflicted 
childhood trauma because I was way more aware. I was five when my parents had my sister. So I'm like super aware. Mm. You saw the change and you understood it. I understood it. That's my only. <laughs> and I'm telling her like Kaden won't fully understand what's going on anyway right now. Mm-hmm. But I also, hope. I think that's why it's two of us. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, th- yeah. The baby, the baby's gonna be needed by you mostly. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I, I just don't think I don't think he'll he'll have that much of a struggle with a new child coming into the into the picture, just because he's already like a little grown baby anyway. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I caught um, him today uh-huh. in his in his on his sitting on his couch. Laid back like a lazy boy. I'm like, what, <laughs> nigga? What, what in the world? Job? Do you work? Like, why are you late like this? And he was watching uh, a movie. <laughs> yeah, he, Kaden is chilling. Our job for sure because we're movie yeah. ads. He was um, chilling. And he just be big chilling in his little chair. I can't wait to deck out his new room. Um, <laughs> it's gonna be dope. So, um, what are you most excited about, with baby number two? Uh, I'm excited to one meet meet our son. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm excited to see, you know, who he looks like. If he looks like me or you, mostly. Or if he looks like Caden. I think he's gonna I wonder like if he's gonna look like Caden. But also, um, you know, I, I can't wait to see his development. Like who, you know, some of the mannerisms mm-hmm. that we both have, who what, what is he gonna take after? Yeah. You know, so this Caden is already shaping up to be a basketball playing singer. I'm crying. <laughs> and he might be an actor though. Like he'd be watching these movies and then like the next day he's like doing them hand motions and the, the, yeah, the everything. I'm like, what? And he'd definitely happening. be singing. He'd definitely be singing. My That's baby crazy. can sing. Um, I mean we both can sing, so it makes sense. Yeah. Um I think I'm most excited about I think I'm most excited about just seeing how we grow um as parents, seeing how our family dynamic changes, but obviously for the better. Mm-hmm. Um, and just growing up with them like I I'm really excited about their proms and their weddings right now. Like Oh my I god. I think it's cause it's prom season, so, so it's like I'm seeing like I'm like, Oh my god, like my sons are gonna go to prom, they're gonna be taking these little girls to prom, I'm gonna have to go to their house because I'm a boy mom. How I see this, my chances of becoming an AAU dad have just that's heightened all y'all, that's all to the roof, y'all. And I'm so happy. <laughs> that is the, the funny part is like that's literally all Malcolm cares about. I, like, li- that's one that's probably one of my main goals in life is to walk into these tournaments. Say, yep, my boy's getting buckets. Even if they're not, I don't care. <laughs> I'm getting I'm getting hot dogs and chips. I'm crying. I can't. And wait, I'm talking though. trash. I, this is why because I love basketball. Like we both played basketball in our college. Um, you know, I have always wanted to. I think the way I supported you mm-hmm. in college, oh, it was like, crazy. I wanted to be able to support my children in um in they, that as well. They're gonna get kicked out. Oh yeah, for sure. Because I'm I'm the worst trash talking parent of ever. Yeah. I mean, well, person. I'm sure trash talking as a parent, but in a very tasteful way. We're going, yeah, because we're extremely competitive. I'm yeah. extremely competitive. He's the worst. He is truly the worst. Like, yeah, losing is not an option, especially in basketball. So, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. It's gonna but, be fun. But yeah, we we wanted to talk about our pregnancy journey because there's so many elements to it. Um, and what's funny even about this baby, like I don't like I said, season three, I feel like was Loki a little aphrodisiac for us. We put in the work all the stuff we talked about with y'all. We did. Um, yeah, man. We, you know, we learned so much. We did learn a lot. Um, which we have been in a state of 
study and learning and a lot of different stuff that we'll talk about even in this season. Um, but obviously putting a lot of that into action, into motion, <laughs> you know, brings forth life in many ways. I said that to say like, damn, I lost my thought. Oh. <laughs> it was really good. I was really getting at something. Oh, well, I'm sorry about that. Well, uh, I, um, I was talking about season three. I mean, season four. Like, what to expect? Yeah, I was say, what What do you think they should expect from season four? A lot. Um, we'll be definitely talking about. Oh, that's I. I was talking about why we want to talk about our pregnancy because it's so. Um, prior to us getting pregnant, we kept talking about we gotta chill. We're not ready for a second kid. Yeah. So for those of you watching on the video. Um, it'll blank out at some point. You guys can listen to the end of the story. <laughs> Literally talking about not being ready for having another kid and having wild, hot, passionate sex right after it. It's like, are we ready or not? <laughs> <laughs> Why are you laughing? You talking about are we ready, ready, ready for a child? Yes. Every time we were talking about that, late at night, and end up in... Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. All right. So we obviously were ready. Obviously. We obviously did not care if we had a child or not. I mean, we didn't. You we know. didn't, it like, It's okay. Because we actually wanted to get over with anyway. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, it's perfect timing. But we were. I remember having a conversation shortly before that, and you were like, do you think it'll be difficult for you to get pregnant this time? Yeah, I, I was wondering that. I'm like, because, you know, we had been doing the same thing we have, we've been doing. Right. And you hadn't been pregnant. It was coming up on two years. Yeah. So I'm like... Did we get lucky the first time? And, you know, we just. Lucky is crazy. But my cycle didn't come back to literally like September. Yeah, true. True. So, so. I mean, breastfeeding really live, real live. They they did not lie about that. Yeah, breastfeeding is real. It's really a, a, I didn't a birth a, control. 15 months. I didn't have a cycle till September. So, I mean, we just freshly in there got pregnant in February. So. Mm. Yeah, maybe it was, it was a breastfeeding problem. Yeah. Um, but the weird part about it is like I was probably already pregnant when you asked me that. True, you were. Now I think about it, because I was after the Grammys. Yeah. So um, this is why we wanted to share our pregnancy story. Pregnancy story. I don't think it's something that we've actually talked about, and there's still so much more to that we could explore in it. But we'll wrap this first episode up. But season four has officially begun, and um, we're excited about it. Yeah. There's so much that we're going to discuss, uncover. Um, and share more life lessons about what it is that we are learning and what it is that we're learning through a lot of these processes that we've been going through. Um, so, yeah, so many more stories and lessons. Yes. So, and um, uh, guests too. Oh, yeah. So many more guests. <laughs> Can't <laughs> okay. wait. Yeah, it's going to be funny. So, all right, Joe. We'll see you on the next episode. All right. All right, real quick, can you tell the listeners what they can look forward to this season? Well, one of the biggest things that I'm most excited about is about the fact that we want to keep the conversation going. Over the last three seasons, every single week, we get some text messages, DMs, comments, people that just are saying, I wish I could have had this conversation. I want to hear what other people are thinking about when it comes to the topic that was discussed, whether it be about money, sex, relationships, marriage, parenthood, entrepreneurship, career pivots, everything that we talked about, people have had comments that they want to share. That's how the comment section was even birthed. So now we're launching the listener 
Lounge. The Listener Lounge is going to be our private community where those of you that are listening to the show, you have an opportunity to literally discuss every episode, ask questions. We're going to be hosting some live Q&As where we can talk together. Shoot, you might even be able to be on the show as a live listener. Um, And so we got some really exciting things that we're excited about, but mostly being able to engage with you and hear your perspectives, hear your enlightenments as we go through this season and the seasons to come and even last season and the season before that and before that. So make sure you guys are tapped in at so let's talk about it pod.com and go ahead and get tapped in to the listener lounge.